Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. So I labeled this one season one, episode three, raw, two girls, two bathroom breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chastity, a.k.a. Luna Beams, and I am Emily, the fine art medium. And we're two mediums that specialize in the paranormal. Our purpose is to shed light on what goes bump in the night. That's why we call ourselves an I guess we could say our lamp fam. <laughs> Y'all don't know about that yet, but uh, lights at midnight. That's supposed to rhyme. And I kind of screwed all that up. But anyways, today we are going to kind of kick off season one origins. The whole purpose of season one um, of lights at midnight podcast is to start a discussion that is based around the who, what, when, where, and how of paranormal activity, whether that is for people that are psychic mediums and or not. We want to cover all perspectives, all walks of life. That's why we have plans to bring on multiple individuals to get different perspectives because we are not all the same. So with that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Emily, have anything you want to add before we jump right in? Nope. <laughs> and I got my good hand. My good <laughs> hand. I got a skeletal arm from the Dollar Tree that's left over from Halloween that I use to do things with, like a back scratch and turn on and off things. So, anyways, I'm a weirdo. Future TikTok video, though? <laughs> Possibly with my good hand. <laughs> All right. Name that movie in the comments. I'm just mm-hmm. doing it. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Are you just flopping that arm around, though? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just threw it. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Because just I, I I can literally see you do it. <laughs> I'm, like, giving it high fives and shit and smacking my shoulder with it and stuff. I'm keeping this in. It's fucking gold. Okay. This is my good hand. <laughs> It's like when I open up, so when I'm channeling or mm-hmm. I'm doing any type of intuitive work, I um, it's generally my left hand that I'll move. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of roll my fingers around because, you know, they say you channel from your, your right side of your brain, but, you know, your left side of your body is attached to the right side and vice versa. Yeah. The nerves and stuff, that's what they say. I guess it's true, you know, I've never, you know, studied any of that or cut open any bodies mm-hmm. and tried to look or have any knowledge of that but um, yeah ew so yeah but it works mm-hmm. today we are going to cover different perspectives of the origins of a haunting basically how are people haunted how does it originate what brings or what brings on or triggers a haunting yes yes so there's different walks of life everybody's you know path is different therefore we could start with just haunted houses and we had this debate but not everybody 
experiences a haunting through just their house. Some people are haunted their whole lives. Something triggers it, the origin, as I stated in the uh, monologue from the first episode. So we're going to try to cover a wide variety of information so it's relatable to you guys. And in turn, we will share some of our stories so maybe that you can relate, possibly learn something, or just literally enjoy it for entertainment. So I guess I'm going to start off with using an example from my past. So really, we thought about it, and you can boil it down to having your origin haunting story from a few things. There's not just one thing. Some people are technically quote-unquote haunted for different reasons. That could be um, because you have latent psychic abilities. You might... Um, you know, not even know it or be aware of it, or you're more sensitive to the other side, even children. Children are much more sensitive to the other side because it's said that they are closer to spirit. Or what Emily was talking about um, earlier is, you know, their mind hasn't 100%, they, the realistic boundaries of their mind hasn't been created or tarnished by puberty or adulthood or just the world in general. Their perception is still wide open. Then you also have places that are haunted. So somebody might not ever even experience a haunting until they go to a particular place. Um, one thing that I would like to touch on briefly, and you know, this kind of goes into the topic of what is the one thing I, this hit me one day and I don't, it might be just obvious to other people, but it wasn't to me for a long time is there's one thing that all people that are sensitive or psychics or psychic mediums, they mostly all have in common and whether or not they acknowledge it to a degree, um, cause there's different types of mediums and sensitives and all that stuff is that the one thing that most people have in common is the fact that they have experienced a haunting. And that goes back to, you know, two thirds of America believes in the paranormal and over half the people and we're using American statistics, but over half the people have had an experience. So I think I'm going to start with myself personally, because uh, mine and Emily's path, of course, is different. She's experienced things differently and how she came into her abilities, but also before she even knew she had abilities, she was having haunting experiences. Um, so for me, my first experience, uh, I did not cover this because I did not know it didn't fit the topics that we were discussing. My first experience was actually at church camp. So wasn't raised in a Christian home or anything of the such. My friend, she started taking me to church and we would go to church camp in the summertime. It was fun. It was cool. You know, I learned some things, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, it wasn't for me completely, but I did feel a closeness to, I guess you could say Jesus and that, but those scripture and the words, they did not, for me, feel 100% okay or accurate. Uh, I know that might stun some people in, multiple, in a multitude of ways, but that's just my personal perception. Well, I decided to, because everybody pressures you in that situation to get saved, give your heart to Jesus, and it come to a point where I was having such a bad time in my life at home and I didn't have any direction. I was the only child until I was almost 12 years old and I was 12 years old when this happened. My brother and sister were only like three months old when I went. So I was in a huge transition and uh, I decided that, you know, I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart and 
I cannot recall any paranormal experiences before this time, period. I cannot recall hearing or seeing anything that I could not explain. I know my mom and my grandmother had stories about certain things of working in the nursing home and which will bring me, when we're talking about haunted places, I got a good story for y'all um, a little later on. But um, what's well, kind of, I think it's really kind of cool but creepy too. Anyways, um, I decided to do that the day that I technically got saved in the big church venue place. And we went back to the cabin. Everybody was asleep. Um, I was not. I was laying in bed. There was ten, five bunk beds with one bed that was for like the, uh, what would you call it? The cabin leader. The one that was like a ten, like an older teenager or like an adult, like 18 to 20. And she would look out for all of us teenage girls and stuff. So everybody else was asleep. My friend Brandy that brought me to church camp, she actually slept in the same twin bed with me that night because her bed was very uncomfortable. It had a bunch of springs and stuff in it. And the other girl's bed, um, she actually slept, slept in Brandy's bed because it had like a ripper or tear or something in it. I don't know. Hell. Anyways, the one of the bunks were empty. So I'm laying there flat on my back. My friend Brandy's laying on her side and we're on the bottom bunk. And all of a sudden, um, still consciously aware, uh, I see an oval door appear in my mind's eye, which I had no idea what the hell was happening because I'd never had anything like this happen before. And I guess you could say it was around the time like I had transitioned into puberty because this is a defining moment uh, when, you know, they say it's a defining moment when you can make a change, like you kind of turn into from being a child to the teenager, you know what I mean. So anyways, I'm laying there and all of a sudden this door appears, this oval, it's wooden and it has like black wrought iron fixtures holding it together. This door opens and it's like I fly through it. And on the other side, um, I have my eyes open not in the waking world, but in what now I know to be an astral experience to um, the cabin. I was in the cabin and everything was pitch dark when I, when I was like in the waking world, but it wasn't when I was in this astral realm experience. There was like a soft glowing light coming from across the cabin room because it was like basically one room, big room with a bathroom. That was it. And a hallway to go out the back door. And, um, I started feeling my body lift up like light as a feather. It's very hard. I don't care how old you are, unless you're like five or six and flexible like a gummy bear to lift, <laughs> to lift up and like your, your body without, you know, moving your legs. My body just started literally lifting up. I could see my friend Brandy laying there. I could see the other people in their beds like covered up. But as my, like my, head got above her body I saw a big large it's not even I can't even compare it to a basketball it was like one of those larger beach balls in the bunk bottom bunk and I saw a big soft ball glowing light and then I saw a man in a white robe with shoulder length wavy hair and it scared the fucking shit out of me I had no idea what was going on because I knew I was awake I knew I wasn't asleep and my body was uncontrollably like moving. And I, when I saw this man in this ball light, I opened my eyes back into the waking world. It was pitch black. I mean, just pitch black. I was back like, I'm still freaking out. 
when I close my eyes again, I am back into the astral realm experience. And I could not contain my fear over it was it was a mix of feelings. It was fear, being overwhelmed, being like amazed because we all know what that image depicts, white robe, brown hair. It, it looked like Jesus, to be quite honest. And uh, there's this big ball of glowing light, something I've never seen before. And um, I, when I closed my eyes again, back into the astral experience, then I was still moving. Most like the, my, I guess you say my soul was sitting up out of my body. And then I opened my eyes for good. And that was it. It went away after that. I didn't close my eyes for a good long while. I had to wait till the next day to tell everybody. And the thing about it was, is the, it was so crystal clear. I can look around my room right now and I still can't see as clearly as I could see in that image or in that astral experience. It took me 15 years to figure out exactly what happened to me. And, um, I was 12 years old. I had never, done anything. I was not on medication. I had never done any drugs. I had never seen anything at that point in my life to even give me a clue to what happened. All I knew was to wake up and tell everybody else. Most of the people was like, oh my God, that's amazing. But then of course the leaders of the congregation were just, they didn't have much to say. I didn't get any help from like the adults. And, you know, so that's how my haunting or my first like pair I could even can I can even consider that a paranormal experience but after that day is when everything started happening to me that's you know that was even before my Ouija board you know experiment with my friend Jess and all that craziness that happened that was before everything and then I started seeing paranormal what we would consider supernatural or paranormal things and you know this wasn't even in my home so I would consider myself not a person that has lived just in a haunted house, but I would consider myself a quote unquote haunted person. And there's more terms to describe it, but that is my personal like transitional moment when I, how I can define that I am more of a haunted person than I am a locational person does that say does that mean that there's places that aren't haunted not haunted of course not but that's just me so i mean that's what yeah. i can determine from all that mm -hmm. so you would probably agree then that experience was him giving you your abilities right that's yeah that's how i feel actually yeah which that is would considered make sense. a sin yeah which is considered a sin like, and you know, I don't follow the Bible um, now to the T. I don't consider myself a Christian, but that is my experience. And I can't take away or add anything from that, even if I, you know, even if mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, that is so freaking cool. Well, for me, it wasn't even like I didn't experience anything like that. And, you know, looking back on some of my experiences, I'm wondering if maybe I was born with it and then I kind of as I grew older and started hitting puberty because I hit puberty younger than most people. So I'm wondering because that's 
around the age that I started seeing things, I mean, I started seeing it in my parents' house where they live now and where I came from, but that is also the same, you know, age where all my health issues came from. Like, all my stomach issues started, my endometriosis started, all of that shit started around the same, the same age. It came out of nowhere. Just, like, nowhere. It was so weird. But, like, eight or nine years old, I remember seeing shadows and thinking they're shadows and it like a trick of the light and trying to just debunk it as that because that was the only thing that would keep me from being afraid but then like I would have dreams and experiences of these faces I was seeing and then I realized well later I realized that oh those were not just like shadows from the weird lighting in the hallway no 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 those were entities that were in that house and that house is fucked <laughs> and it's funny because we never played with ouija boards we didn't have that my parents well my dad is catholic like we would never have that in our house to begin with not to mention like i didn't it's not that i didn't really believe in this stuff when I was younger. I think it was more of a, I was a too afraid to believe in this stuff. And I didn't want to admit it because if I admitted it, then I would know it's real and then it made it scarier. But um, yeah, that age of nine, eight or nine years old is when I started seeing all the stuff in my house and having like astral realm experiences and astral attacks and also being sick a lot and um when i was a baby though like there are some kids that just are predisposed of getting ear infections and stuff a lot and i was one of those kids and i mean you can always chalk it down to like it being medical but it was always weird how i started seeing this stuff the same time i started having the health issues too and my main point of health issues was always my stomach. And the first place now that I even that I noticed when I get attacked on the Asheron by demonic entities, that is the first place they attack me is my yeah. stomach. Yeah, and that's where I feel it the most. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence either. Honestly, um, I do know that I've always had a general knowing even before, but I didn't understand it. I always yeah. just knew things as a child. And that's, I'd say, claircognizance has always been with me, but I never identified with it or picked up with it. Because, I mean, you're a kid, but you're yeah. right. That's crazy. Because that is your solar plexus and your sacral chakra area. Yeah. And that's where, uh, especially your solar plexus is where energy can be transmuted and you know put in and taken out and we are responsible to a degree to be able to release energy that way so it is very interesting that when you hit your age of you know womanhood is what they call it that this mm -hmm. all this started happening to you i also actually suffered from severe ear infections as a child i don't know if there's any correlation i, I can't say yay or nay but that is something very interesting actually yeah, and I always wonder, like, with the ringing in my ear, now that you mentioned that, I'm wondering if it has to do with that or 
I feel like for me, because I will sit there and meditate with, you know, the ringing in my ear, seeing what I can pick up. And I don't get anything most of the time. And I'm wondering, like, for me, if it's energy shifts. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't always get ringing in my ears, even though I do have my right ear. Um, I actually have problems with. I'm partially half deaf. Or not half. I'd say, like, a third deaf. Deaf. <laughs> deaf <laughs> in my um, right ear. So, but the ringing doesn't always come from my right ear. So, it's it could be either or of course it could be a medical but also too um i i can't really say but i can say that i actually have picked up information from that ringing like it is mm -hmm. a, i picked up information but also that's the same way i feel frequency shifts sometimes like in the video yeah. um regarding the hotel hotel hell and almost possession that uh, me and you did together with v mm -hmm um that's kind of how i feel it sometimes it'll make my ears pop i can feel the, the shift and you yep. can blame that on biometric pressure but it's not always that way sometimes it's just a feeling and you can feel it and then sometimes it correlates into your ears and if it's a big shift it i mean you can be sitting in the same place and have like that same big shift and it'll pop in your ears yeah like i experienced that too with energy and i also it's weird and i don't know if this has to do with like clairaudience or if this is just like the same thing with the energy shift, but when I'm meditating or even when I'm just not, like if I'm just focused on doing something and there's nothing going on in the background, I can hear entities and spirits and stuff move behind me. It's weird. It's like there's a person there, but without the person being there, I can hear them move around the room and I can tell you where they are in the room based on like, it's weird. It's like there's a dissonance in the frequency and i can hear it right does yes it sense? does it yeah. does and i am the same way except it doesn't and that is clear audience in my opinion mm -hmm. and i'd say that a lot of people would agree with that for me it's a feeling i mm -hmm. i a feeling um more of a clairsentient well maybe yeah i would say it's somewhat clairsentient because i can feel it on my body Mm -hmm. So if I sit in a room and, you know, I can tell where energy is based on the way I feel and then a general knowing to back it up. So, yeah, I can relate. Yeah. And I can tell, too, with whether or not my head or stomach hurts, too. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And being empathic, like, and I correlate my abilities, like the way that I help people determine, you know, abilities is through their elemental, like components of their astrological chart and like that's what something me and you like how we started really talking actually i think if i'm mm -hmm. not mistaken part of it and that is exactly how it for me it, it works yeah but um as far as haunted houses and haunted locations for me i think i i feel as though my third I think I had abilities when I was a kid but because I was afraid of what could possibly be there I didn't explore it and I was more closed off but I feel like when um I had that incubus haunting um and I was forced out of my body repeatedly I think that just you know opened me up a hundred percent and I was like uh-oh I see things a lot now and I, and then the constant um, astral projecting and just visions and seeing things in my third eye 
and um, hearing voices right before sleep. It's like in the in-between, I like to call it, in-between, like you're not asleep, but like your eyes are closed, if that makes sense. Like you're still consciously there, but your body's asleep. Yeah, I completely get it. And I and I he and I would hear, and I still do sometimes. I hear like conversations around me, and it's like there's a lot of people around, but like I'm in my bed. How could there be a lot of people around? But yeah, I have the I, same thing. And I, yeah, and I think too with um the location of where my house is. It's a lot of farmland, and I feel as though when you have a lot of farmland, I feel like before the whole farmland thing kind of brings you to early settlements like Native American lands and stuff. So that wouldn't surprise me, too, if that is part of that house anyway. Right. And Native Americans, you know, they kept their areas fairly clean and yeah. they designated area land certain Native Americans. I'm not going to group everybody in one, you know, yeah. one basket here. But certain Native American cultures, they actually knew when the land was tainted. Yeah. Now where that taintedness came from, who knows? But the shamans and, you know, they actually had the ability through psychic abilities to look in and see tainted land and they wouldn't go there. They would actually cast things out to that area. So that's something I just picked up along the way. That's not from my just intuitive thing. That's information I've heard. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think I got that from Amy Allen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she actually, um, you know, talked about that. They would cast out certain negative energies or entities to this land because it was already tainted in the first place it's like the the vibration of the land was already bad <laughs> yeah and i feel like too like with early settlements you know some of it was battlegrounds too so there's a lot of death on that land exactly and you we don't know so for our location and i mean we can pretty much say even though we're pretty far apart in a spectrum of things the land is still the same it hasn't like seen the ocean water in about the same amount of time uh compared to other parts so this land has been above water for a long 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 time so it could have seen things that we have no history about we don't exactly. know i mean we it only goes back so far that's what kills me about you know man man i'm not meaning like you know male i mean just in general mankind mm -hmm. It's like we base our history off of just what we have. We can't go back but so far. And we base all of our, you know, all of our findings and everything off of just a very microsecond piece of dust of time. And it just, you can't. That's the mm -hmm. only thing we know. That's the only thing we can base it off of, you know. And it just, it gets me sometimes how people get so set in their ways and just determine that this is the way it is and it's like not everything's black and white there's so many gray areas yeah because there's not there's not many people there to record the stuff that had happened right and a lot of indigenous yeah. people they didn't actually record it through writing or pictures or their own language it was like literally passed down through their words and dance and rituals mm -hmm. and stuff yeah for storytelling basically just yeah. like we're doing right now <laughs> yeah but yeah so i mean we all have a different 
experience. So Emily, she, she also it seemed to experience things, you know, through her empathicness. So she's extremely empathic. She can tell you how you feel. Like if you have a headache, Emily's going to pick up on it. If she's, yeah. if she's tapping Speaking in. of which I have a headache. <laughs> I have a tiny headache, but nothing crazy. Nothing. It might not be me. It might might mm -hmm. be something else when we're communicating and everything. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, in certain people, they move into a location and everything becomes haunted. Um, for example, I guess I could use my ex husband as an example. His um, mom and dad's house where he had been living since he was 10 years old is the house that I moved into when I ended up um, getting the, I guess you could say an attachment or a, somebody follow a demon or demonic entity or negative en energy following me. Well, the land there is definitely Native American, but there's something else there. There's something else that has been done there. It's also near ley lines. So the energy in that whole area is high. I've met people from all around that area and they all can tell you stories. Like, um, if I told you this story right now, it would give away the location. And I don't know, I might share it later on down the road and I'll have to think about it, but just know that there's actually been very high profile murder cases from a long time ago back in these hills. Cause it is the hills. It's got its own mountain range basically. And, uh, yeah, it could be the land. You know, you be, you, it doesn't matter if you have psychic abilities or not, you can be brought into a location. And if the energy is strong enough, then you can end up with a haunting, right? It's called like basically wrong place, wrong time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, sir. So I'm trying to think. So, okay. Back to haunted people though. What would you say? Like with ndes do you think that would be similar to kind of what you experienced with them getting or receiving their gifts or do you think it's accidental yeah, i don't think I nothing mean, is accidental no i don't either i mean I, when we say accidents happen yeah they're they're cons that's our terminology for using the word accident but i think we all have a predestined situation and plan it's just we kind of you know how people say we're the we're steering our life well actually no you're not steering your life you're just controlling the brakes and the gas pedal mm -hmm. that's my my view on it but NEDs I think it's similar but yet different you know they are experiencing they got to tap into the higher spiritual realm okay mm -hmm. so it was just in a different way than I personally did so I think by my pure heart, because at 12 years old, you know, and even though I was, you know, through puberty and stuff, I was still very pure at that time in my life. And I had it, I had experienced spirit, we'll just say spirit in a different way than they did, but they still got to actually experience spirit once you actually touch the other side and i don't mean just in the way of paranormal dark entities or go um earthbound spirits what we call ghosts um yeah i think it's very much similar it's all the same but it's just different perspectives and experiences yeah because it kind of reminds me of like when i was going through my major haunting um how i would be dragged to the astral realm and how that I feel like kind of opened me up more and it seems very similar to NDEs how they are how they go 
to the other side, but they're not being dragged there by an entity. It's just by an accident or a near death. Right. And that, you know, that I've not thought about it like this, but the one thing that's triggering, triggering me to say this is when you're actually from experiencing, um, possession, that's kind of like how it happens. Like mm -hmm. you literally are pulled out of your body while something else steps in, but then you, there's a response. That's kind of, you were, you were borderline possessed at that point. In my personal opinion, that's scary as fuck. Truly. I don't, th I don't think I was like, I don't, I remember being pulled on the astral realm, but being attacked, but not that it was trying to get into my body. Well, by being pulled out of your body, though, then that and involuntarily is that yeah. that's exactly how possession happens. And I have not, I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to say you were or weren't, but that's yeah. what I would identify as a partial possession. I feel like, though, with me being pulled out of my body, I think that it could have become a possession, but I was able to fight it off so it didn't. Right, right. I've but just it, never I, thought about it. But I bet you, if I wasn't a fighting kind of person, it probably could have possessed me. Hi, guys. So, I am editing this right now. My spirit guides had to clarify something for me. But basically, um, in this situation where I was pulled out of my body, the reason they pull you out of the body is so they can step in. So, Chastity was right in this situation um, the reason it attacked me was because it needed permission for me to step in, okay? So if I did not fight and I caved in, that thing would have possessed me. So I thought I would just clarify that really quick. Um, because of the way we were talking, it could get a little confusing and I didn't want any misunderstandings. But yes, yeah, so what happens is a demonic entity can pull you out of your body on the astral realm. And the main goal is it, it'll fight you, right, to gain access to your body. So, um, yeah, that I would clarify. That is scary. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I know you're not, you're not having these problems now. Let's clarify this. But, yeah, I mean, I have been, a, a, you know, you have all the stages, oppression and all that. Like, mm -hmm. it. It has to, did any of that, now this is my question for you, did any of that lead up? Were you in any of those stages while this was happening? Were you under oppression? Uh, yeah. So that's when all the electronics and stuff would go out and hear knocks and stuff. Okay. I would be freaking the fuck out and like trying to go to sleep for no reason in the dark. I was never ever afraid in the dark before right. that, ever. So yeah, I had definitely great. oppression for sure. And I did have, well, obviously had to have infestation in order to have that. Yeah. But I don't think I had the influence. Right. Right. And, you know, I think I've been there. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about haunted places, you know, um, I actually have went through a lot of those stages and feel like there's been times I could have been borderline possessed to do things because I used to drink really not... I wouldn't say super heavy where I had to get up and have a beer, but I would party, party hardy before my kids came along, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I was a teen at, well, 21, 20, I mean, you know, couldn't buy alcohol, but I had other people that would. And when you're under the influence of stuff like that, then things can take 
and influence you. So I've been there. I've been there kind of myself is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. Yeah. And I've I had, was, I, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. So I was always the kid who never did anything. So I never drank. I never did drugs. I never did any of that. And I'm, I'm kind of like, thank God, because if I did, I could have been influenced and fully possessed. Yeah, it's a possibility because a lot of times when people have um, addictions and it's not, I'm not going to group, like I said, I'm not going to say this is a definite, but when you have a heavy addiction to something really bad, you know, I'm not going to say marijuana, for example, because people not necessarily uh, people like their marijuana. People have their marijuana every day. But is that going to lead up to a possession? Absolutely not. But if you're doing harder things, it can lead to influence and it can lead to stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't always fit the bill. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a joint once a day or you don't mm -hmm. ever touch a joint at all it spirit they they don't describe uh, well negative influences and and divine spirit does not discriminate on your walk of life is what really we're trying to get at here mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where you come from or where you are like i said wrong place wrong time so it's it's interesting um to actually talk about that too i didn't even think about it from that perspective mm -hmm. so yeah. in reference to haunted person versus haunted places going back to my um my first home that i actually purchased or whatever you could say um that was a haunted location and this ties into my previous story about driving down the road with my friend jess and kelly and something was tagging our our car that was a very defining moment because we thought whatever it was came from Payne Road when we went and visited. No, no, nay, nay. It come from that location because this location was tied into someone that was a devil worshiper. I know that sounds awful to say, but it's the truth. Like they practiced and summoned and basically cursed their family. And once I became involved with that family, then it kind of latched onto me because, like I said, if you've heard it in previous uh episodes it would make a little more sense what i'm saying so if you interested go and check out uh check out episode uh it's technically two and three but it's supernatural or origins part one and two but that is definitely a haunted place because everybody that visited that was our friends i mean we had a huge friend group back then in our teenage years we'd have parties with 25 people there are so many people that experience things in that house or on that land that we could not explain uh for example me and three other people were standing outside one night just having a conversation in the backyard you know pretty pretty summer night and all of a sudden we see like four orbs a blue one a red one a green one and a yellow one and they were zipping back and forth like they would fly over the house fly over the building go back into the woods it was like they were chasing each other and we sit here and watch this happen for like i don't know um 15 minutes and this was four people and not all of these people were like me, you know, not all these people had abilities, which doesn't make me any better or worse than anybody else. I'm not saying it like I'm special. I'm just saying like it, we all saw it and come to find out as I've thought about this more of the years. I know this sounds nuts, but I think it was fairies. <laughs> you know what I had? I feel like I've experienced something similar to with fairies. And it's weird because my friend. So 
my parents' house, and my best friend, right? So we lived next to each other since we were like seven years old till like now until I moved, right? But on our ring doorbell, we always catch stuff like orbs and whatnot. And we are constantly seeing orbs around that. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, it's probably bugs or dust and whatnot. But like when it's below zero, no snow, but like it's cold as fuck, it's winter, there's no bugs outside. And I mean, everything's dead. You can't always say it's going to be debris. Like, sure, it's possible once in a while, but I mean, also because I could see some of what it was. And a lot of them seemed very, um, what do you call, mischievous, not evil or anything, but more of like a ha 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 ha. You know right. what I mean? And it's known, like, you, in my example, I can't. You cannot say a blue orb, a red orb, a green orb, and a yellow orb are dust when they're doing the same pattern back and forth. So yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. There's a difference. There, if you, if you have seen an orb, now not all orbs are fairies. Let me just go ahead and that's just my theory. That's my intuitive theory. But you can't, you, you can tell the difference between dust and orbs. Dust generally is not going to be just one particle floating through the air. If orbs are going to, if a dust is going to come up, it's going to be multiple particles in the air. They look different. They react different. They, it's more of an intelligent, how can I say this? An intelligent movement. It's not all headed in the same direction. So I understand what you're saying. And I mm -hmm. still see orbs in multiple colors till today. I can't relate them all to fairies, but I will say this. Tonight, we are uh, recording this on the full moon eclipse. So it's technically the 7th of November. And during full moons, I have went outside uh, during like the peak time. And I will see red and gold and different color orbs during the peaks of the full moon. I have seen this on multiple occasions. So there's some correlation to the energy too. And that's a whole nother topic, but I thought that would be interesting to add. You know what I just saw? Like, I don't know if it's just, like, me visualizing, but, um, you know Sleeping Beauty, and then you have the three little fairies, and they're each a different color? That's what it reminds yes. me of. Yes. Yes. And that's what, you know, I didn't never correlate that, actually, until this year about the whole, like, fairy thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, I didn't feel threatened by what we saw, like, all four of us, as we sit here and watch this happen. Mm -hmm. Um but it it was something interesting is that can i contribute at that time i contributed it to a haunting because the place is fucking weird <laughs> it's just it, it's weird and i'll get more into maybe details about this place i have already in a way on uh when i did a collaboration with emily uh but i have more things that i could probably share that would be more relevant to uh, down the road but this leads me though into like seeing the orbs here too outside specifically because i see them inside too but outside specifically um another addition to like for example for a haunted place um so places to me that seem super fucking haunted <laughs> is places like you know obviously hospitals and funeral homes of course but uh nursing homes or retirement homes uh, there's a lot of people, you know, pass away in these places, especially the ones that are for palliative care. Mm -hmm. And my current location, um, there was a palliative care place near 
here at one time, my grandmother actually used to work there. And I would say it's, it's super close. I, I'm not going to say how close, but we'll just say it's, I can see this area through the trees. It's a distance, but I can still, I can still see the main road is what I'm saying, where this place was. And my grandmother actually worked there. My mom actually used to spend the night in this place. Okay. And it was a palliative, part of it was a palliative care, which means like people go there and they, when they're really, really sick and when they're passing. So they have their transitions there. And, um, they had a story like th part of it was condemned and it was connected. The palliative part was condemned and connected by a breezeway. That was a, a enclosed hallway, but and had glass, but I call it a breezeway because it was just, it was a long hallway and they boarded it up. Well, if you were to walk, they, this was said by my grandmother, if you were to walk to the end of that breezeway, you could hear like stuff going on in there. Granted, it could be animals, but people were hearing like, stuff beating on the wall on the on the boards and <clears throat> when i moved here um somebody that does not claim to have abilities or is not psychic at all which was my husband's uh best friend at the time he was helping us move into this house and i didn't personally see anything that day um and this is before i acknowledged me even having abilities he said that while he was helping us move in the my the back of my hallway there's two bedrooms almost directly across from each other uh, one is my daughter's rooms and then it's my room and he saw a man walk from what is now my daughter's rooms a room uh into my room plain as day he was wearing like a mechanic outfit and everything and it took me some time to realize that like maybe you know, it's the location because thousands of people have lost their lives literally right through the woods here. And, um, I think with that being said, you, you leave an energetic residue behind wherever you go. And when you transition, you know, there are good people in the world and there's bad people in the world and there's good people that make bad mistakes and decisions. And there's bad people that do the opposite. You know what I'm saying? But they say, and I feel this in my heart from what I've experienced with dealing with spirits, especially earthbound spirits that, um, you know, they stay behind and they, I, we have literally, my family, my children have literally seen people, older people like in suits and stuff come walking up through the woods. We've seen people in our backyard. So the location around here where thousands of people lost their lives, there's this energetic residue that now they've partially paved a road over in a way. Yeah, we drive over where thousands of people died. I would assume thousands, it's at least in the hundreds because it was there for many, many years. Um, you know, I would consider this a haunted location and I didn't even know it. I was going to be a CNA and I was going to do my clinicals there actually. But when I found out, because I wanted to get my CNAs to do sonography, I think that's how you say it, sonography, because it's been a long time like 10 years ago but when i found out that they were putting me at this place to do my cnas i quit i bought the books and everything i spent a few hundred bucks and still i'm like nope because i had already experienced hauntings i was already sensitive to that kind of stuff and you know constantly searching for answers through paranormal stuff and everything you know i was like nope hell no thank you um next <laughs> so i just kept bartending and waiting tables because i wasn't about to bring anything back with me but little did i know at the time it doesn't matter 
if you're so close to a haunted location, things still will come after you to a degree. And I don't mean after you, like they're going to attack you, but people that have a bright light, people that are more tapped into spirit, their light tends to shine brighter. So you're thinking yourself as a lighthouse in the middle of the dark to spirits that roam still, spirits that have not passed on into the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like a freaking when you know like the bug zappers it tracks the bugs right exactly that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is and now i have to zap them (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like go away i mean that's that's kind of mean i don't want to be disrespectful because spirit you know some people are actually like don't understand that they the transitional process you know so that is kind of i don't want to be disrespectful because i do have a general caring for people that passed on so i don't want to be a dick you know what i'm saying i don't want to be a dick but some of them are dicks if you're a dick in life you're going to be a dick in death and that's how you get nasty hauntings that's what i personally call descended human spirits yep yeah you have people that want to stay because they they want to stay to watch after a family member and they are scared for judgment a lot of people get scared to be judged by God because they think they're going to be cast into hell. So they choose to stay in what's the dark. If anybody's mm-hmm. ever seen insidious, it's, it's similar to that. It really truly is in my opinion, from my experience. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like the descended ones though, they take it further than just regular earthbound spirits. Absolutely. Because they, they start to understand. Uh and they realize why they're there because the descended human spirits they can't get out you don't Mm -hmm. get to act like that in life and that's what people i guess could call hell in a way i'm not going to sit here and go over like what i think hell is because do i think hell's a real place i absolutely do Mm -hmm. i know it is but the process of getting to hell is not in my best opinion from what i have experienced Uh, not exactly the same as it's described to us by multiple religions. So descended human spirits actually can start morphing into almost like demonics in a way. They get so negative that they transition and turn into something ugly and nasty. You can have a descended human spirit look like a kind of somewhat like a demon if you've experienced anything like that. So a lot of people get descended, yeah, and a lot of people get descended human spirit hauntings confused with demonic hauntings. Demonic hauntings are actually much more rare than being haunted by a descended was once human spirit. But as we all know, there are a multitude of different types of entities. That's not just you know what people say the Christian religion. The Christians you know created angels and demons. Well, you know actually that's not a hundred percent true throughout history, there's multiple types of civilizations that recognize there was a creator God and a underworld. They all just had a different perception about it. So that does frustrate me when people pin it just on Christianity. And it's not because it's talking about Christianity. It's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's God. Yeah. That's, oh, I hate that. That's one of my pet peeves is like, oh, well, you're looking at it at a Christian standpoint. But it's like, no, because this shit existed before religion was even a thing. Absolutely. And that goes back to what exactly what you said goes back to what I said is where you can't I can't stand when mankind acts like, you know, they know all because we have this chunk of history that we can base our perception and learning off of because it's so inaccurate. It might be accurate, Mm -hmm. but it's inaccurate to think that way. Oh man, spirit gave me something so good. 
last week, and I don't know if anybody can un- relate to this, not, not necessarily understand, but relate. Until, until man started acting like God or started trying to recreate things like God, and I'm not going to say anything against negative or positive. This is just what spirit told me. Uh, when man started re- uh, reacting and creating and tried to be like God, that's when we started destroying ourselves. That's when, while we're polluting the earth, we're literally playing with things right now that like genetically we're playing with things that we shouldn't and doing things that we shouldn't. And people wonder why we have technically global warming or why it's an issue. And that's a whole nother conspiracy theory, but it's food for thought because there's no doubt we polluted the earth with in the last hundred years, especially 150, 200 years, way much more than we have. So once we started messing with that kind of stuff as a civilization, that's when we started destroying ourselves and it will, we, the earth, if it, it's not ended by a big asteroid or whatever else and, or the rapture, how people believe that's fine, whatever you want to believe. It, it will get worse for us. And unfortunately, people like me and Emily, because we've talked about it, have dreams like this all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not to say that it's going to come true in any particular way, because, you know, predicting the future is not 100% accurate and or possible. But mm-hmm. it's something as a food for thought. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing with man trying to be doing things like god it kind of reminds me of um just like overall narcissism but also like into the said the seven deadly sins if you think about pride and greed and whatnot it made me think of that when you were talking about yeah and i mean even if you take the word sin out of it it's still like a jackass way to be either way it it goes against people's you know i mean some people you know i know everybody has different spiritual religious or no views at all but you know i can only speak from my experience you know i'm not here to step on anybody's toes i'm not here to say that you're wrong i'll never do that Mm -hmm. i'll never say you're wrong i can disagree with you and we can be okay with that and move on but i'm not going to sit here and try to argue and fight somebody down or tell them what they are not or tell them what their relationship with their creator or not a relationship at all is that's Mm -hmm. not my place but there's a lot of people in the world, especially certain uh, religious backgrounds that like to tell people what they are and what they're not. And it's just so very confusing. Yeah. And like the seven deadly sins thing. Well, the reason I mentioned it is because of the demons associated with those. Exactly. And how they're they're negative. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And how you and could we say that there's a correlation to that and allowing a quote-unquote demonic or negative entity in your life through your actions yeah i think i think very much so it doesn't have to be a demonic necessarily Mm -hmm. or a principality is what they have been called it could uh, be you know just a nasty spirit they leech spirit negative spirits leech off of your emotional cracks and your traumas that you have not healed or tried to work through that does not mean you know you have to rush everybody heals and works through all that in your own time but that's when and this leads into what um i definitely wanted to speak of which is the best word i probably could have researched it and found a better word but this is my word for it monitoring spirits 
I think monitoring spirits um, is something that is everywhere. It's around all of us, whether you believe in anything or not. And they wait for the times when you're at your lowest. They wait for the times when you have a trauma happen. I see a lot of this around SA victims. Um, I see a lot of people have problems with hauntings and stuff around SA, and I'm not trying to say anything else. I have experienced some of that myself. I have no shame in admitting that in my life. Um, and I have seen people have direct hauntings because of that trauma and the monitoring spirits wait for you to get to your lowest of lows and the way they influence you is through your thoughts. They, yep. they, they, yeah, if they can't scare you on the, they, they do that first. Let me just, in my opinion, in my experience, for the most part, they do that first. It's called influential thoughts. You have thoughts that are not your own. When you're at your lowest of lows, you're already depressed and you start hearing you're worthless. You should just end it all. You should do that. Not That's not always your, your thoughts. And I mean, I know that sounds, could be quite psychotic. Maybe sometimes it is. Because I'm sure at some point, most people in life have thought about that, but there is a difference and learning how to tell the difference between those influential thoughts and your own is so super important when you deal with stuff like me and Emily and many other people do. And even if you don't, because they still do it to you too. Monitoring spirits literally lie in wait for the opportunity to feed off of you because they want nothing more than to come in and take They're, they are part of what you're you referred to as like the seven deadly sins like whether you want to put the word sin on it or not it's still mm -hmm. the same thing yeah i put sin on it because i don't know how else to identify it as that's okay yeah, yeah. there's that's, nothing wrong with that yeah and i say that for, i'm okay with that term but i say it that way because i know not everybody believes that way and that's okay too i'm not you know i'm okay with calling it the seven deadly sins but it's, you know, I don't want anybody to feel that we're saying like, these are sins and you're going to burn in hell. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not like that at all. And, you know, some people are that way and that's cool, but that's the only reason I refer to it that way. So like, I wanted to go back to the palliative care stuff. So my grandpa, he had cancer. And so they kind of put him in there so they could do like treatments to keep him comfortable and stuff. Yeah, because he was at a point where he couldn't do it at home. But I remember visiting and I got so fucking sick. I got so sick going in there. And obviously now with the recent experience that I had at work, I actually had a customer come in. She actually found out she had stage four cancer. Like she found out like the same day she came in and was like crying and stuff and i could literally feel it in my body yeah like how she was feeling and it was awful and then walking into that palliative care place to visit my grandpa um there was so much death there that i could not function i almost passed out in the elevator yeah and my dad had to drive me from new jersey to back home in pa like it was bad so yeah. being surrounded in death the thing that affected me more wasn't even like seeing i didn't i wasn't seeing spirit really then because i was probably in my early 
early 20s, I was feeling it. And so I could barely function, barely stand and like barely be uh, conscious walking yeah. in one of those places. So I don't know how people <laughs> do that. There's a, yeah, there's a special people honestly are, they're a very special set of people because I can relate to you. I don't necessarily feel their pains and stuff or that, but I do get an overwhelming feeling of emotions and it literally is physically draining me as I'm in locations like that because there's a lot of death. There's a lot of sorrow. A lot of these people, some of them don't even have families. So it's, it's a really sad situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it really is. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Who are, I'm, why don't, I don't know why, but spirit literally just told me the name Henry or Harry. I don't know who Henry or Harry is, but they're, they're here. I don't know a Henry or a Harry. I know uh, a Harry, but the last time I checked, he was alive. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I don't know why I see an old man named Henry or Harry. Oh, if any of our listeners um, have a grandpa named Henry or Harry, that used to wear <laughs> red and black flannel um i see him in a red and black flannel he'd always have his little white shirt on underneath kept his little glasses in his in his pocket in his flannel shirt he had short gray okay, hair partially balding let me know because there's about i'd say we have about um and thank you guys by the way because we had a great turnout more than we ever expected to turn out to listen to part one and two uh, to kick off our podcast. So we certainly appreciate that. But if anybody has a Harry or a Henry grandfather that matches that description, let me know. Whoever I'm seeing, he's tall. He's not super tall. But I'd say he's around between 5'11 and 6'1. Um, not necessarily super heavy set. I don't know. Not super heavy set or anything. He's kind of in the middle, but he doesn't really have a big, big belly or anything. But yeah, this person literally just popped up when you were talking about that. I don't know why either. Oh, now I'm seeing a tractor. That's weird. Nah. I'm sorry. It just come in. There's something, somebody, somewhere. I see like a red. Somebody. Or, yeah, somebody. somebody. So yeah, if it matches, let me know. I got a message. We got a Harry or a Henry that, that's like really here. And I got to like push him out. Bless your heart, Harry, Henry. But I'm trying to do a podcast. What? Wait, did he? Have, what? Does he have a Does he have a message? Maybe if if we have a message, maybe the person who he belongs to it'll just a, resonate the message. He's just acknowledging, just acknowledging that he's here. He might have been a farmer, or maybe that was part of his um his life, uh, or a big part of his life. Like I'm seeing him like belling hay now. So yeah, he was he worked on a farm or whatnot. Um, he had a wife. He definitely had a wife. I feel maybe she, she, I feel she was widowed by him and I feel an, an M name. I'm not going to, I've been getting names more, but maybe like a Mary or an M. I'm not going to say it's Mary, but I'm going to say an M name. So yeah, it's just, it's just when I start tuning in, I'll have spirit come in and generally it's not for any, just it's, it's for a specific reason. So I just try to acknowledge that. So and just in case yeah. anybody yeah, message us on socials yep. or something, because I really want to know anyways. <laughs> Not my grandpa, because his name is different. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. So whomever he belongs to. Yeah. So whomever he belongs to, um, reach out to us. There's a reason he appeared. 
Absolutely. It could be rando, though. It could be a random yeah. spirit. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the flow. Fuck it. Just be like, hi. <laughs> Dude. Okay, so, like, right before, you know, we started recording, I, I was walking ghosts, and I saw it in the corner of my left eye, earthbound spirit on the, on the corner near my house. Was it the same one, same uh, spirit that you've been seeing, or different? different per it was a person, person it was more person. person like okay yeah it was yeah it was definitely a person yeah so emily's been seeing something crazy so we're talking since we're talking about haunted people or haunted places there's a lot of activity that is surrounding emily because there's a lot of people um good and bad experiences but yeah she's got some crazy stories i'll save those for her to tell those are her stories to tell but it is very interesting yeah <laughs> When you live in a very dense city and you can see this stuff and experience this stuff, you're going to have a lot of experiences because they kind of just walk through my house like, hey, and then they leave. Some of them leave. Some of them stay. Some of them make noises in my house to see if I notice. Um, some of them try to get Ghost in trouble. Ghost is my dog. That's his name. That's the name he came with. I did not name him that. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I will be in my room doing who knows what, and I'll start hearing noises, and it sounds like ghost getting into stuff, and then I'll walk out, and he's passed it on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that um, Yeah, last week or two weeks ago, and the only vision I got um, was of, like, a girl in... It either is like a dress, maybe from the 70s, or it's like a nightgown. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way I know how to describe it. And it's kind of like dirty in a way. And she's got like brown, lighter brown, stringy, little past shoulder length hair. And she wouldn't show me her face. But all I see her doing is like scratching on your walls and then like nitpicking with stuff. It was it was kind of weird. Like, I don't know. The, I don't know what the girl's doing. I don't know if it's like a fractal of her spirit or like maybe she was like insane or something. But that's the way she reacts i could see her in a padded like this is her temperament or her emotions make me think like she was in a she could have been put in a padded room but that was creepy i do remember you telling me that and you know it happened a bunch of times afterwards really? so like it happens almost every other day mm. ew but i don't feel like it's the same person right right i'm gonna try not to tap back I in so henry will go bless his heart yeah so, like, um, yeah, her, because I definitely saw that. But I feel like because of the amount of traffic in and out of where I live, it's kind of like I'm getting everybody and anyone, good and bad. Yeah, and it's similar, even though I'm not in a hugely dense city. I still live on live in a city, just literally right in the, I guess you could say it's kind of suburban-y in a way. But with the amount of death that occurred, like, I don't know, a few football fields away from me. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same. We have people just kind of passing in and out. Um, yeah, I, I can relate completely. Mm -hmm. And I think Ghost just desens is desensitized. He doesn't even care anymore. Like, he used to react and now he just, like, doesn't care. Yeah, animals are definitely very sensitive. And I know, like, if I get into trouble on the astral realm, he'll sometimes try to get me up. 
And I've seen him astral project um, when I'm sleeping or astral projecting myself. So sometimes, once in a while, this hasn't happened recently. It was probably a few months ago. Like, I remember, I don't know. I think, yeah, a negative entity was holding me down on my beanbag chair. And I remember him, like, getting up in astral form and trying to block. Wow. Yeah, we mm-hmm. he's he's super special. He's an asshole sometimes, but your dog is super special. <laughs> <laughs> he is an asshole, let's be real. The third thing I had written down in my notes for Origins of Hauntings, I put down pastime activities. Yeah, absolutely. Um you since you you want to start on that then and then um let me play on those words or so pastime activities like when i was writing this down i was thinking of like hobbies or i don't know things you do with your friends doing things with occult stuff you know what i mean like witchcraft and stuff i feel like kind of brings sometimes not always yes but it kind of can bring on some things yes and can and honestly a lot of people consider what we do to be a part of the occult and uh, the definition yeah. of a cult is literally like a secret knowing, like um, a small group of people that mm-hmm. just know like secrets. And I, I just don't feel that that it really encompasses what me and you do or what other people do. Yeah. But you're you're 100 percent right. Like and I'm not saying anything against what you're saying. I'm saying people you want to go by the definition in the Webster's, you can go look it up. It's not perfect, but it's close. So yes, doing certain things in the name of in which you do it in. So for example, how, how can I say this? If you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you're doing it not from a place of love and you're doing it to take away somebody's free will, the fact of the matter is, is you are actually allowing and embodying, embodying negative energies or entities or using their name, which allows you yourself or your situation or your area to become a portal or open a portal for nasty and negative shit to come in and out of, period. Is that, does that encompass everything or include everything that is like witchcraft or all that personally i don't think so do some people think it it does Mm -hmm. yes they do um and that's okay we all have different opinions but yeah you definitely can pick up inner nastiness what we call negative um from other places Uh, you know we it's important to remember you know we can't always be positive we weren't i'm not about toxic positivity i am about love and light but is that always um is that always, you know, the case? No, not really. Cause I mean, I'm love and light and everything nice, but I'm also sage and hood and wish a motherfucker would. Yes, I have a coffee mug that says that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> the point is, yes, it depends on how you go about it and your intent. In my opinion, absolutely, you can yeah. pick up all kinds of shit. Uh, you, it's like the Ouija board, you know, Ouija boards, like I said, it's like playing Russian roulette with a planchette. You might get something, you're not ever going to get a divine spirit from a Ouija board, okay? Never. Will you get something from the divine through a Ouija board? That's way too low vibrational. 
they actually have to come down to our vibrational level. We have to meet in the middle to be able to communicate with higher vibrational beings, just like you have to descend in a vibrational sense to be able to communicate with negative or energies, or I guess you could say neutral. What I consider neutral would be just earth in like human earth energy. Yeah. I don't know if you could classify earth energy as neutral but in a sense of a scale if you wanted to define it but it's so hard to put this shit on a scale yeah but you i mean i'm sure you can understand what i'm saying do you agree with that yeah so actually it's funny that you're saying that because um when i first met archangel michael and he gave me a weapon um that is one thing he told me is that because i was like why am i not seeing stuff like the way i want to see stuff and he was saying how you know, I have to raise my vibration to meet those things that I want to see. So I 100% agree with what you're saying with how benevolent, a lot of benevolent beings have to come down to our level to meet our vibration in order for us to communicate with them because they're at such a high frequency. And being humans in general, it's already hard to get up there because of where our base frequency is. And if, depending on the person too, how negative and how positive they are, like also influences kind of what you can and cannot see already. Yes, you know I mean? it does. And I mean, that's how yeah. I feel about it too. Um, I mean, so my theory or what, for the divine answer that I, because I seek out answers, I, I I have answer. I mean, I seek out questions, you know. So, and I wait for a response, and that may come in different forms. It can come in as a clear cognizant way. It can come in a response as to information that I see online. I look for signs. And now I'm not sitting here constantly looking for signs everywhere. I'm not. It's not like that. But as an intuitive person, you have to be vigilant and watch right for information to to come back to you it's not always going to come in the same way so vibrationally what i was told is the reason that we have spirit guides is to allow us to they're kind of like a transmitter between higher uh divine beings and us so our spirit guides are kind of like transmitters in a way and they help us when it comes to raising our vibration is it is up to us i mean you have to do it through meditation like i'm going to be the first one to say i'm horrible at meditating like sometimes i don't meditate as much as i should and it shows because spirit will literally knock my ass out they'll be like all right bitch, it's time meditate and they'll make me it sleepy and then i'll go into a meditation and like come to come <laughs> back an hour later all refreshed and, re and enlightened and shit. but um yeah <laughs> I mean, that's the, I was curious and that's kind of how it works for me. Clear cognizant, clear cognizant, I can't say it, clear thinking wise, <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> you know, the, there is a, to be able to vibrate with higher divine beings, our spirit gods actually help us with that. And that's just mm -hmm. something that came through from, you know, not necessarily research, just from spirit. 
Um, and I guess it would be in the same way, but see, being human, we have the ability to raise and lower our vibration. So if you're working with lower vibratory entities, I would assume it's the same way because a lot of people tend to think that, oh, I can summon a demon. All I have to do is put out these candles and put the sigil down. And then I'm, I'm taught, no, you're, you're actually not. To be acknowledged by a higher level demon or a principal, what they say, principality demon or uh, what, not demons, but basically devils, you, mm -hmm. you're not going to just get it the first time. You're going to basically open a nope. portal to allow a bunch of other nasty lower level, not even lower level technically, it's technically in a vibratory sense on a scale higher, but still nowhere near a prince of hell type power. You're just letting in a bunch of other nasty shit and leaving a door wide open where the veil has been thinned to for things to come in and out. So it's a two-way street. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't work personally with any lower vibrational beings. That's not my forte. Uh, but it on a scale, if you're looking at that a scale wise, like you do have higher, you know, what we would call lower vibrational beings, just like you have higher, higher the vibrational, uh, vibrational beings. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It, it is a lot to kind of like accept and, you know, turn into um, or like reflect into, you know, and try to find your own answers. And that's really what it's about. It's about your connection with spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, we can only tell you, you guys like our experiences and stuff and translate that back through, you know, to you. And you have to take this information and decide and cipher through and decide what you want to take from it. How can it relate? It might not all make sense to you. And Hey, that's cool. You know? Yeah. And you know, you're going to hear something maybe during the podcast, one of the, any episode really, and it's just going to click and you're going to have an aha moment. And then, you know, whatever that moment is, you will be given more information on. Right. That's exactly how it works. Whether it's your guides or intuition or higher self or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and for those that want to connect, you don't have to be psychic to connect with your spirit guides. That's your inner, mm -hmm. that's that's yeah. part of your inner knowing. That's part yeah. of your inner guide and intuition, your gut feeling. You do not have, nobody has to claim to be a psychic or a medium or do any of that to connect with the divine, okay? Like, really, you don't. You You follow your gut everybody's going to connect on a different level anyways to their their the god of their understanding mm -hmm. so remember that you know and it goes back to you know the difference between your own thoughts influential thoughts and divine whispers that's the way that i've sectioned it out um when i made my little shorts video that's the way in my like writings i've made it like you have your own thoughts you have those influential thoughts that come out of left field nowhere when you're lower or like the, it's like the devil. You see people with the devil and the angel sitting on their shoulder. Think about it like that. You're in the middle, your own thoughts. You have your influential thoughts, negative influential thoughts. And then you have the other type of influential thoughts, which I call divine whispers, which is your gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And if I could, if I could place the way this stuff energetically comes in for people to understand the difference, because this is, 
even if you're not psychic or if you're trying to develop your abilities, this is the one thing I would say that you have to learn is the difference between those three things. Think of it as your thoughts or it's kind of like you talking to yourself in a way or you just thinking to yourself. Well, when you get these influential thoughts, they kind of come in from, it sounds nuts, but it kind of comes in from the back of your brain, from the back side of your head, almost on your left side or in the back side. And then divine whispers kind of come in from the front side on the right side. That's how I get my information if I had to put it. And then my gut intuition feelings also come like within my whole body. If that makes sense, that's how I feel them. So I know, cause I mean, I still deal with influential thoughts. I still deal with nasty shit. I deal with, you know, great positive vibrational stuff that never goes away. It never stops. I mean, that's what makes us human. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I still get some of those nasty thoughts and I'm just like, yeah, that ain't me. Bye. <laughs> you just yeah, gotta learn how to filter it out. Right. And that is some of the hardest things to do. But if you start literally sitting with meditation and quiet and meditation doesn't have to be so serious, everybody takes it so very seriously and it's good to be serious about it. But, you know, you just need your place to vibe and do you just sit there and be quiet and rest. It's almost kind of like laying down for a nap or sitting up just in kind of just like tuning everything else out and just seeing what happens for some people they'll start to see visions for some people they'll start hearing things or they'll start feeling things and that's where all the five senses come in or it's actually i think it's seven total psychic abilities we're yeah. probably more but i think we should cover those soon too yeah that would be fun yeah and you guys feel free yeah. to kind of chime in on what you want to know about um the origin stories if you guys have any stories you want to share a different perspective we're open to that as long as it's in a nice positive way i mean it can be about negative things but as long as you know everybody's respectful we're open to other people's ideas opinions or experiences emily i want to add a bonus mm -hmm. here because this literally just come through my feed but i was on facebook and there was a, I'm part of like a group called moon manifestation and a lady said, is there any intuitive people here? I have lost my wedding ring. Can you help me find it? And I was like, oh man, I'm not good at finding stuff. Like it's not my forte, but I'll give it a shot. So this is what I wrote to her. I said, um, finding things are not my forte but i did just get a vision of a sink drain in a bathroom it is a white sink basin with an open drain that looks like it doesn't have a standard stopper in it do you have a habit of taking off taking it off to wash your hands at work or something maybe at home before showering and placing it on the sink area to me it looks like a public bathroom but i could be totally off i may be better talking to dead people ha 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 she literally this was five hours ago she literally just replied and said chastity wow you have a gift ring has been found it is in my sink drain the sink with no stopper in it thank you thank you oh so fucking crazy oh that's fucking lit dude i can't take credit for everything because i'm honestly divinely led just like emily we're divinely led by spirit we try to do what we do with pure intentions and help people and we cannot fully take credit for everything honestly we have to Personally, at least for me, I have to give it up to the divine power and spirit because mm -hmm. that's the only way you 
you can do this, though it's not the only way, but is it a somewhat of a better way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because any other way that <laughs> you, you want to work with stuff, then you're, you're giving up parts of yourself. You're not actually, you're, you're, you have to give something in return. When you work with divine spirit, there's nothing that you actually have to give. They don't expect anything from it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's a difference. And that's another topic we can discuss. But yeah, your activities in general can basically determine whether or not you, you have an attachment, which is a haunting or a supernatural experience. Either way, they come in in different forms. You could be an intuitive person or just generally open to the other side and you can have haunting experiences throughout your life you might be a person that just visits a place this is good for ghost hunting and like is a good example of ghost hunting and stuff people that aren't necessarily open to uh receive spirit or like an intuitive in an intuitive way they go looking for ghosts and spirits and earthbound spirits or whatnot and they end up finding what they're looking for and or bringing home an attachment or something that wants to come home with them you know and that's another way to experience a haunted you know haunting you know and then I you have a too. haunted place. <laughs> exactly you know and you experience a haunted place so maybe you're not haunted you know so at the end of the day we all have had not all a lot of us at the end of the day have had experiences with the supernatural and the paranormal and yet it still remains super mysterious even for us it's still mysterious even though we literally are able to pierce the veil and see things it's not something everybody can do it's not something everybody that wants to. most mediums will not touch the lower vibrational stuff because they understand the dangers but there's a reason for people to do that because there are a lot of people that deal with it and have no idea what to do or how they got it and that's where people like me and M come in and there's more of us out there it's not just us we're not just super special or anything like there's other people that do it so yeah yeah and i feel like mediums in general there are different kinds of mediums and a lot of people yeah. don't understand that they all think we're the same we can do the same shit but that's not necessarily true and right. i feel like when it comes to this stuff it's like some mediums are only made to do like deceased relatives and like communicating with those kinds of spirits and then there are some that don't even communicate with human spirits and they communicate with spirits that are not human and it's every not necessarily evil spirits either because there are non-human good spirits and, right yeah and that goes and into your comfort mediums, level too yeah and the mediums and there are mediums like us that kind of deal with the darker things and help people get rid of those things but there's mediums that won't even touch that because they a could be just afraid or b they know the dangers and they just don't want that on themselves or their family right and i think it also is going back to your comfort level um and the zone you feel yeah. most comfortable in because as humans we tend to stick to what we're most comfortable with but if you push yourself outside of those boundaries having intuitive abilities or not this can apply to anything in life you'll be amazed at what you can achieve because 
you know, the, we, me and you, the one thing I know, notice that we have in common is that we are able to pick out an entity in 2.5 seconds flat. <laughs> like, generally, yeah. it doesn't take that long, but because yeah. that's what we are, are good at in a way. That's what we are good at being able to tell people what is haunting them, possibly where it came from, and give them an idea of how to go about ridding themselves of it. And it's up to the individual to do that. But, you know, like, we can push ourselves to do other things too. We get other information as well. It's, it's not, we're not just all about the haunted side. We still can do readings. Like Emily, you know, you're not 100% comfortable doing mediumship, but I know that you have the ability to do that. Like I never thought I would do it, but I'm doing it now. It come to me. Mm -hmm. It's different vibrational. And I think one day you will be able to do that. And it's all about stepping outside of what you know in your comfort zone. See you doing it actually mm -hmm. honestly intuitively yeah because i actually really want to do it but it's just like the way i receive information a lot of times i see it in pictures and not necessarily seeing a specific human spirit stepping through too right i understand that's yeah. how um... so like they'll send me images and I'll be like, okay, well, I see a river and someone fishing and I don't know, some other stuff. I see a dog or whatever. Yeah. And it's about, yeah. for me and for other people that are maybe, we're all at different levels, you know, and I'm nowhere near prime top pick here for mediumship. You know, I'm not up mm -hmm. here on stage doing this for a living by any means. But we're all at different levels that's that's cool and being able for emily to describe that my response would be by taking those images and, and they flash they come kind of quick and they they might stay for a minute and leave pick up the pieces to what you see in that image down to the details of the shirt they're wearing down to what's surrounding the river down to what color the dog was and those when you're working with a client or a person in general, whether it's a client or not, you'll, you give them people, you give the people those details and they will be able to relate because I won't release the name of the person, but the person I'm getting ready to kind of say this about, will know who they are. So hello. Anyways, um, I saw a, a picture. I saw her grandmother and her grandmother, um, had like a dress with an apron on her hair was in a bun. She had a cane and she was in like, um, higher grass around flowers and stuff and that's how i saw this this older woman that passed and the person that i had told this to validated that that is a picture that she has of her grandmother her grandmother basically showed me her in that moment in life to be able to validate that for this person and then once we were able to validate that that was her grandmother then her grandmother actually like in my mind's eye in a way of a movie not just pictures walked up to me and showed me like a gold ring and showed me a watch and told me um uh, through telepathy basically or claircognizance so it would be more or less telepathy because that's how spirits okay. communicate there's you don't there's no need for language you know that this was the ring that was gave to her dad this was the watch that was gave to her dad that was um his dad's so by for people out there learning their abilities that's kind of the best way I can explain it is to like really pay attention to the details. And even if it doesn't make sense to you, it more than likely, since it's divinely led by spirit, it'll make sense to the person you're reading for. So, yeah. And I feel like sometimes too, I notice that 
spirit likes to piggyback off one another. So like if I, because this has happened a few times where I will be doing a reading for someone, but then like another spirit pops in and it's like, well, I'll describe it, but it's not the spirit attack like for them because they're being piggybacked off of and then it can get frustrating because I deal with that a lot. Yeah, you, <laughs> with you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and for a funny example with the stupid uh Powerball, right? <laughs> I was <laughs> clearly getting numbers. Clear like I could see the numbers. They were showing them to me. But then I learned that it was, you know, nearby earthbound spirits picking numbers because they wanted to play the fucking lottery too. And just because someone is deceased doesn't mean they want to know things like that. Because they're right. not, unless they were psychic when they were alive, they're not going to know. So what I learned was these <laughs> past, like, earthbound spirits were trying to pick the lottery numbers too. And that's what I was seeing. Right. And I mean, that's a very <laughs> valid point. Like not all spirits are going to be able to see into situations. Now, from my and that's earthbound spirits, especially yeah. now from my understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, um, ascended spirits, which is what I refer to as spirits that have went to the light, they do get a common like that you you receive so much more knowledge and understanding and like the aha like you get yes. it all when you pass so yeah earthbound spirits though they don't get the same privilege mm -hmm. now we're not talking about descended spirits because unfortunately they they can uh and even descended human spirits can to a degree the more they kind of morph and change and switch into mm -hmm the darker what we would refer to or use the term as darker side of things but yeah earthbound spirits they they just you know they're here they're in the they're still in this vibration if you compare both ends right the light and the dark the skill level is the same like whether it's descended and ascended right the skill level is the same it's just one side is dark and one side's light so the more one ascends or descends it's like they're reaching the same level, but it's just darker or lighter. Right. And there's, you know, different benefits. And well, I don't, I don't even know if it, it's really hard to put this into words. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we, ha we have a language we communicate with. But there's different aspects. That's a better word. There's different aspects to each end. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, it's, it's but it all kind of reflects. It's, it's literally like a mirror in a way with just different perspectives yeah but they're all getting the information from the same place would you say that would be true uh yeah i mean in my personal spiritual beliefs it was all created by the creator but i mean that's even or harder the to... collective yeah because i believe the creator creator yeah it's all one and the same it's it's transitional words or words that can be transitioned out for whatever else. It's just as humans, we literally fight over words oh, that God. we use to explain this. And we're literally yeah. fighting for some people out here are literally fighting over the same exact things. They're just fighting over words. And that was one of the first things spirit actually uh, sent me 
uh, and enlightened me about is like, okay, well, we call God to God, or this person calls God God, this person calls it the creator, this person calls it the universe, this person calls it Allah, this per it, it's still all the same. Yeah. And we're literally fighting over language. We're not <laughs> fighting over who's right or wrong here because you both can technically be right and wrong at the same time. It's quite ridiculous. So <laughs> that was one of the things. Yeah, I, I know. I've had this conversation with somebody too, someone that's more into the Christian, you know, faith and whatnot. And the stuff that they were saying, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this, but I call it this, but it's literally the same right, thing. Right, but then certain people will tell you that is wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's where we have, that's where we have the misunderstanding. So, in yeah. my opinion, that's kind of how I, I agree. I feel like the translation gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so I think we have covered quite a bit in this episode. We are going to have a part two, just like in Supernatural Origins, to this conversation. So, if you do not mind, check out our links below. You can follow us on TikTok. You can follow us on Instagram. Definitely check out our YouTube because we will be posting content that is not on our podcast on our YouTube. So, definitely, uh, if, you, if you want to, go sub to the Lights at Midnight podcast. All the links are down below. And Emily, do you have anything else to add? Shake and bake. <laughs> Shaky shake. I got my good hand. I got my good hand. I'm going to show y'all the good hand so y'all don't think I'm just completely nuts. Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us there. We'd love to hear from you. We really appreciate y'all uh, hanging around and checking it out. And yeah, thank you so much. We are super excited to bring you some super awesome content. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode. Your support means the world to us. And remember, all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity, even in the darkest of places. Stay safe, stay well, and light it up! Sounds awful. I'm gonna call you a flappy. Yeah, I was gonna say. Flappy. <laughs> Where's that? Mr. Oh, flappy. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> <That> sounds... <laughs> you know what, what? it sounds like. It's my good hand. <laughs> <laughs>